They're calling it the most historic week in Kansas City history. Really? A Super Bowl, a massive World Cup announcement, and signing the biggest Royals contract in Kansas City history? Plus, the mayor delivers his State of the City address. And before hopping on a plane for Vegas, Missouri Governor Mike Parson heads to the border, promising hundreds of National Guard troops. We'll send highway patrol down. We'll send resources, whatever he needs. Those stories and the rest of the week's news straight ahead. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlise Gorley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. Co-Trustees, The Restaurant at 1900, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Hello and welcome, I'm Nick Haynes. It is being called one of the most significant weeks in Kansas City history. That means we have to up our game with a souped up panel hopping on board the Week in Review bus this week are some of our town's biggest media personalities. We've stolen him, at least temporarily, from the primetime anchor desk at KCHB 41 News. Kevin Holmes is with us. And for the first time in the history of this television station, we have 100% of Dana and Parks with us from KMBC Radio, uh, Dana Wright and Scott <laughs> Parks. In my world, this is like a Super Bowl. And you even, and you even dressed up for the occasion, Scott. This is incredibly... I haven't seen him in a suit since the last funeral we attended. Really? Well, okay, we are very honoured. Very honoured. And writing more stories in the Star this week than he did when he worked there full-time, Dave Helling is here to really ooze perspective, history and context to our discussion. By the way, Dana Wright said we all need to be wearing red today so we don't look like, quote, weirdos. So, what's your excuse, Dave? I'm a weirdo. That's my only excuse. I've always been a weirdo. I'm wearing gold. That's good enough. Alrighty. Now, one of the biggest challenges for me is how do you tackle the big issues in the news when the only thing people seem to want to talk about is a little game going on in Las Vegas. Alrighty, I just before the show, I went to the Star website, and the first 20 stories on there right yeah. now are all about the Chiefs, including a breakdown of every dress Taylor Swift has worn to the team's games, and a similar picture playing out across our local TV channels, where it seems like 97.8% of the entire crews of our TV stations are now in Las Vegas. Kevin, you're the biggest deal there. You're the main anchor on 41, and they didn't send you? I think they were afraid I'd hit the slots and the crap <laughs> machines too hard, you know? They actually have to get some work done in Las Vegas, so they kept me behind. You get to go, though, don't you, Dana? Right after the show, you're going to be of, heading on a plane. Yeah, out of all of my esteemed colleagues and work husbands seated at this table, I am the only one getting on a plane on Friday. All expenses paid yeah, by the radio station, yeah. thousands That's and thousands right. of dollars. Uh, I even brought, I want to show you this, Team Taylor. I brought a little flag. And then, for the first time in the history of Kansas City Public Television, <gasps> look at my Taylor Swift mug that says, LFG, can I say that on KCPT? <laughs> uh, no, we'll be blacking that out uh, prior let's to go, when, when this go. goes. I'm so excited. And, and Scott has to do all the work when you're gone. Yeah, he does. Uh, but Scott, you know, we've had every single story about cookies. We've had every story about decorations. We know that Rally House is selling out of every Chief's shirt imaginable. We've had all those stories, other than perhaps, uh, perhaps what toilet tissue Patrick Mahomes likes before, to use before games. Oh, have, we, have we left anything off the table here? Have we left any stone unturned? No, I don't think so. It's Charmin Super Soft. That's his favorite toilet paper. But um, <laughs> Thanks for the insight on that. You're welcome. Uh, 
Th this town is intoxicated uh, with Super Bowl uh, fever, and I saw the, the Chiron just a minute ago. Uh, wh what an incredible time to live in this town. And, and I was telling my daughters the other day, uh, both too young to remember the 1980s, where you could go to Arrowhead Stadium and sit with about 20,000 of your best friends and watch a football game. Um, I said, remember this time. Write it down. Because it won't always be like this, and it certainly wasn't always like this. But the biggest week in history in Kansas City? We've seen some of those stories even in the Star this well, week. Well, yes, in part because it's not just the Super Bowl, of course. We're going to talk a little bit about the Royals' big announcement this week and another big announcement we now expect in the next couple of days. You have the soccer tournament World Cup uh, agreement to come to Kansas City, and we know a, little, a few more details about that. You put all of that together, Nick, and by the way, in February, when it's cold and miserable and there's not a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, that's the recipe for a lot of media attention on these stories. I would remind my friend Kevin that there is a slot machine availability in Kansas City uh, <laughs> and a uh, crab table in Kansas City. So if you want to gamble, head down to the riverfront and you can go from there. It's easier for the I would also say that the, the economic impact cannot be overstated. I think we had one mm -hmm. listener, and I don't know who that person was or why they were having such a bad day, uh, call in and say that they've never really shown that sports teams have a big um, economic impact for the money that is spent on the upgrades in the stadiums. You, you have to also understand the um, hidden sort of um, incalculable benefits that we're all getting from this, where all these people in Germany right now, because of soccer, are rooting for the Chiefs, the Taylor Swift effect, uh, the people that are now looking at Kansas City to come, live, spend their money, work. We're on all these top 10 lists of best places to live. How do you put a figure on that? And I don't think you can. Well, certainly John Sherman has, and it's $2 billion. So we're talking about, you know, giving a lot of money in tax revenue to help support these teams. Build, baby, build. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more of that on the program, too. If the Chiefs win, by the way, on Sunday, some of our Metro's biggest school districts have already announced there will be no school on Wednesday. Mayor Quinta Lucas says they're planning the largest victory parade in city history on Valentine's Day. Now, I know kids will be happy to get the day off, as will many area workers. But florists are freaking out, Kevin. This is the busiest business day of the year. Other than the 49ers, are they going to be the biggest losers? I don't if, think if so. If the Chiefs win? I don't think so. I just think things will be delayed, or you may get your bouquet of flowers a little earlier. They're asking folks to yes. kind of move that delivery to February 13th, which makes sense. That, that area where the parade will be, it'll close early in the morning, so it's hard to make those 4 a.m., 5 a.m. deliveries, so you have to be patient. If you're going to get your delivery on Valentine's Day, maybe that night. And you know a lot about these parades because if the Chiefs win, you are having to have one of the busiest days of your life because it, I think you mentioned before the show this is a 15-hour day. You have to talk about everything that's happening there. Oh, yeah, bright and early. You know, this is the only time I remember 5 o'clock rolls around twice. We'll be there <laughs> around 5 a.m., <laughs> and we'll be there throughout the parade, which should end sometime in the afternoon, then deliver the evening news to you with a smile. Scott. I was just going to say, uh, you mentioned the florist, uh, and Dana and I didn't know this until a couple of weeks ago. We, we were talking about uh, the possibility of a parade on Valentine's Day, and uh, a gal who works in the floral business said, you have to remember, two of the largest distributors of flowers in Kansas City are located downtown, and it would be impossible for them to go and get those flowers when downtown is shut down when the parade is going on. I think they will be impacted. To Kevin's point, though, um, order early or have them delivered late. 
Are, are you getting callers saying in, oh, we've, already got, we've already got learning loss on both sides of state line, and yes. now these school districts want to take another day off? You know, but I do think the parents are grateful that they got a little bit of um, early notice. I have a friend who has an elementary uh, Age child, and she said, "You know, I work. I'm a single mom. I have to have notice." So I applaud the city for saying, "Look, we're going to call school now. We're going to parade things in place now. But please buy your flowers early, and then go support the local businesses downtown a couple of nights mm -hmm. later." Now, now, to be fair, too, when it comes to floors, us men, we are last minute. So <laughs> as soon as the parade is over, a lot of folks may walk up to the floors and buy their flowers. That really may happen. And in terms of the schools, there's a district that's going to have a makeup day April 29th. In addition to that, some of them have already built-in snow days, so they may burn this as such. So, all hope isn't lost Th for our thank future. You, thank you for the context on that, Kevin. <laughs> That's why you're on this show. You know, a huge victory parade will capture lots of amazing footage that can be used in campaign commercials ahead of that April 2nd stadium tax election. Did the Royals also find something else to sweeten voters with this week? It's a story being talked about nationally after years of complaints that the Royals aren't investing enough in a competitive team on the field. Team owner John Sherman announces the biggest deal in Royals history, a $288 million dollar contract for Bobby Witt Jr., easily the longest and richest contract in club history. Dave Helling, is it cynical to believe this is about blunting one of the biggest complaints about the Royals? They simply can't compete? Not cynical at all. In fact, I think that there was a conscious decision to try and wrap this up and get positive headlines about the team before going to the electorate. One player, though, doesn't make a competitive team, though, Kevin. But you have to spend money to make it, and he is the centerpiece of something that could be exciting and even just just something you can stomach to watch. You know, this team is third in the third worst in attendance. You have somebody like this who was what second in the league last year or led the league in triples, batted 30 home runs, 97 RBIs. This brother could be the centerpiece, another yeah, generational the argument, talent. The argument, Kevin, as always, as you know, was why should we give money to the Royals when the Royals won't invest their own money in their team? And this yeah, is the cool. counter argument. We are investing in the team. Now you invest in us. And it's pretty smart political strategy. I think it was the Queen Scott, wasn't it, that said scared money don't make money. That's right. Scared is money that right, doesn't Ned? make money. <laughs> It, it sounds about right. I can imagine her saying that. Sounds more like Meghan Markle. Are you confusing the two? Okay. Speaking uh, of John Sherman and that announcement, he is finally ready to put us out of our misery after delaying a decision about where they plan to build the new ballpark. It looks like he's now ready to reveal all in a news conference with reporters. The Royals owner says he will make the announcement, quote, meaningfully ahead of early voting for the upcoming stadium tax. Well, guess what? Early voting begins next week. February 16th is when military voters can begin sending in absentee ballots for the April 2nd election. While the Royals have floated several locations for its new ballpark, we've heard from multiple sources that the team has settled on a stretch of land next to the Power and Light District. It would include parts of that iconic glass Kansas City Star Press Pavilion building, which would be demolished to make room for it. Is that still the thing? Scott? It is, and um, you know, back to the previous conversation, I, I think the signing of Bobby Witt Jr. is, is huge uh, because a week ago, if they had not done this, a week ago I would have thought there's no way that uh, Jackson County voters would ever get behind a new ballpark for the Kansas City Royals. Let's yes, be clear, however. Naming the site for the stadium is just part of the equation. They, they can tell us where they're going to put it downtown. We still don't know how much it's going to cost we, or how it, much the Royals are going to pay or how much the state might pay or what the timetable is for construction. 
And most crucially in my mind, we do not have signed extended leases with either club that guarantees they will both be here for the length of the tax. Those are all important questions that remain to be answered. We need these stadiums, but you have to tell us what we're voting on how much it's going to cost for all of the reasons Dave just mentioned. But the, our slavish devotion to sports, though, doesn't that trump all of these other uh, calculations, the nitty-gritty details of taxes and so forth? Well, I, I think when you're talking about the Chiefs, yes, I think it trumps it. Um, but th th there is a lack of support in this town for the Kansas City Royals. I went to two games last season, and I was alone. And if, if, if they were to put a Chiefs tax on the ballot, and then a Royals tax on the ballot, the Chiefs would pass and the Royals would fail. But here's the deal, it's all about location, location, location. If it's in downtown, you can build around there, businesses will yes. definitely reap the benefits as well. And it's more viable, a lot of folks will go there. You see it, this, this has been set in several cities. Not to challenge you, Kevin, but just simply regarding the economic development around a stadium. Where, where is it? The Truman Sports Complex has been there for 40 years. 50. 50, there's sorry, no, big part. There's nothing there. And, and I mean, there's a Taco Bell, an empty hotel, and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Which also shows why it doesn't work out there, at least not for baseball. Well, but, but it's a fair question, and I don't know that I'm agreeing with it, but it's a fair question to ask if the businesses follow the teams, why is there a Taco Bell and a gas station? Mm -hmm. There's nothing out there. Well, Why? If you look downtown, though, there already is something in sure, place to sure. start with versus out, long, out along I-70 at the Truman Sports Complex where, like you said, you can't get a hot sandwich other than a Taco Bell or Burger King over there. Now, the Chiefs broke their silence about what renovations they want at Arrowhead Stadiums if this tax passes. Team owner Clark Hunt says creating a better fan experience inside and outside the stadium was high on the agenda. But guess what is not on the priority list? A roof or a dome to keep fans toasty during those brutal winter games. Clark Hunt says he's a big believer in playing football outside, which he thinks gives the team an advantage. Do you think the fans would agree, Kevin? Oh, without question. You look at some of your cities like Kansas City, like Baltimore, Green, Bay, that snow, even Chicago, well, sometimes, but <laughs> though that snow, that weather, it really gives you a home field advantage. Now, the problem is Kansas City will never host a Super Bowl yes. mm -hmm. without a dome. Now, that's the question. Is it worth that trade-off? Or a Final Four. Look, but but they, they also want to have sort of year-round events there. I mean, and you could do that. You could have the sort of Taylor Swifts of the Worlds and the Beyonce's in January if they had a roof over there. Look at what just happened in Buffalo, where they asked the fans to come and bring your own shovel and dig out from underneath the snow. So I, I, if we're going to do it, why not do it? You don't renovate the kitchen without putting in new countertops, put a roof on the thing. And if you were ever to do it, now is the time yeah. when, when this city is so Chiefs-centric. Uh, you could, you could get away with it. So why aren't they doing it then, Dave? Well, in part, I think because voters rejected a tax for a roof on the stadium in 2006. Jackson County had said, no, we don't think a, a roof is important. Uh, without a roof, though, you're talking about a stadium that gets used 10, 12, 14 times a year, about once a month, for a $1 billion taxpayer But you can have all those time. events there all year round. You can, you, you, but you've had Taylor Swift there, and I've seen concerts. But by and large, it's, you know, you use it roughly once a month during the year. That's a lot of money. That's why it was surprising to me that, that Clark Hunt said the roof is pretty much off the table. For those who think that somehow the other things he put on the list are definitive, what, improve the fan experience? Of, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but how? What? How much? When? And by the way, what role will the soccer tournament play? And let's well, talk you know, about that. Yeah, I mean, you... you
Ask the question and I'll try it. <laughs> All right. I, I know I know. there's a lot of hype about the World Cup coming to Kansas City. To, but to borrow the words of Will Ferrell in the movie Anchorman, did it just become a huge deal this week? Kansas City punching above its weight in landing not just a couple of early round games, but six matches, including a highly coveted quarterfinal game. Get ready for the greatest FIFA World Cup ever. This is more than just a, a match, in a way. This is really something transformative for Kansas City in the years ahead. We earned it, and we are going to be so ready to uh, showcase Kansas City and our region and deliver the most incredible experience for everybody who comes. Pencil in June 16th, 2026 in your calendar. That's when the World Cup will roll into town. It'll be here for 26 days, ending July 11th with a quarterfinal match. That's an awful long time. Wouldn't that, Scott, make this event longer than an all-star game, the Big 12 basketball tournament, the NFL draft, a Republican and Democratic national convention in town combined? This will be, without question, the greatest, biggest sporting event in Kansas City history. And I say that understanding that the Chiefs are going to another Super Bowl. And AFC championships are played in this town all the time these days. This is huge. For us to get a knockout round game and a quarterfinal is incredible for Kansas City. And they beat out bigger cities like Houston and Philadelphia to get that quarterfinal matchup. One of the big issues, of course, in this has been trying to get money uh, from state legislatures, including Kansas ones, who have balked at spending any money in Missouri. The host committee wants $32 million from Kansas. The fact that they're getting all of those games, including a quarterfinal match, does that make it easier to get that cash now? Well, it makes it more important to get it. Okay. Whether that, uh, that um, argument sways any legislative votes, I don't know. They're counting on 75 million or so from the state of Missouri. We haven't seen anything, any check written for that yet. The, the, the games are 28 months away. There has to be major renovation at the Truman Sports Complex to a, a play soccer. We still don't know where that money is coming from. It's just an amazing amount of blank spaces on the canvas right now. True, true but it's just as a Kansan and a huge soccer fan, it's disappointing to me that there hasn't been more movement in 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 that state uh, to help out financially because these teams, when they come over, uh, bring their fans with them, and it's very likely any of the teams that are going to be playing. Well, let me rephrase this: they're going to have to set up a base camp, and. It's highly likely that those base camps for the teams that decide to put their base in, in Kansas City are going to be in Kansas. And there is going to be an economic impact because these fans will come and they will stay. Yeah. And, and, and they will follow their team I wherever they go. Just quickly, I don't disagree with that at all, uh, uh, Scott. But again, economic impact is an esoteric term for a lot of taxpayers. If you're in Russell, Kansas, and you say, hey, the World Cup is going to have a big impact in Johnson County, that doesn't sway a lot of people in Russell, Kansas, to call their uh, House member or senator and say, hey, vote for this. The same thing in Cape Girardeau. Uh, what if the Motel 6 in, um, in Russell, Kansas, yeah, was to be able to get some yeah, Ecuadorian it's, it's soccer a, fans yeah, if the a, team plays a, here? It's a mere seven-hour trip to okay. Okay. There's going to be hotels filled all the way to Oklahoma yeah. for this. I mean, it, it's not just yeah. the state of Kansas or the state of Missouri. This is huge for the entire region here. I don't disagree here. with that. I'm just saying that most people don't see it that way. They have an emotional connection to Bobby Witt Jr. or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and that's why they vote yes. Voting yes for soccer when they don't even know the teams that are playing is a tougher sell, not impossible, 
but so, tougher. All right, tough, some, tough some quick hits on some other stories, because you believe it or not, there are some other issues going on. It didn't get a whole lot of attention due to all the Super Bowl coverage, but before boarding a plane for Vegas this week, Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas delivered his State of the City address, and along with the upbeat messages was one significant storyline. After being criticized for withholding police funding during his first term, Lucas is now calling for a 30% pay raise for police officers. If that was so important to him, Dave, why didn't he propose that four years ago when homicides were starting to climb? I don't know. That's a very good question, Nick Haynes. You'll need to get the mayor on to answer it. My, my guess is that he understands now, or believes now, rightly or wrongly, that the big um, hole in the great Kansas City Renaissance story is its violent crime problem, and this is a, a, an attempt to meet was, it. Was there ever a worse time to have a state of the city in this town? No one saw it, no one watched it, no one read about it, we didn't talk about it. And uh, I could and barely find any video of you know, it. The funding for the police department is critically important coming off of our record um, homicides that we saw last year. Uh, I think he needs to re-deliver that address, maybe after the Super Bowl things die down. It's important that we talk about this stuff. No one is talking about it. That is true. That is true, but crime is top of mind. Staffing is even better. I mean, we've lost, what, 300 officers yes. in the last year and a half? Yep. I don't know if throwing money at the problem will fix that. On a note of personal privilege, my youngest son is a member of the Missouri National Guard. Could he be heading to the Mexican border soon before Missouri Governor Mike Parson hopped on a plane for the Super Bowl? He flew down to the border to join Texas Governor Greg Abbott in a solidarity mission aimed at fixing what he calls an out-of-control migrant crisis. Parson says he's spending the week figuring out how many troops to send. We've had the National Guard down here for some time. We'll continue to send more. We'll send highway patrol down. We'll send resources, whatever he needs. Now, while leading Democrats in the Missouri legislature blasted Parson, is he capturing the mood of voters? A new poll conducted by Harvard University and the Harris Polling Company finds immigration is now the top issue on voters' minds, tracking Scott ahead of price increases and inflation. Well, it's certainly the top issue for Republican voters. No question about it. Um, and... Immigration is going to be, I predict, leading up to November, probably the leading issue. But Republicans, this is, it's theater. Sending 250 National Guard troops down to a 2,000-mile border, I don't know what that's going to do. He says spending money on preventing migrants from entering the country at the border will be cheaper in the long run, uh, pointing to the hundreds of millions of dollars some northern states Think about New York and uh, Chicago are spending on housing and providing services to migrants. Both sides of the aisle will argue that this is a huge deal, but they will argue until after November. Right. Uh, this is going to get them through the general election, and then hopefully we'll make some legislation. But I can't even bank on that. We haven't had any meaningful legislation in over 30 years. And if you if you live in Kansas thinking that's a Missouri issue, there is a big push this week in the Kansas legislature to force Kansas Governor Laura Kelly to send troops to the border. Well, illegal immigration or immigration generally is a much bigger issue actually in Kansas than it is in Missouri, in part because immigrant labor is used extensively in the western part of the state for meat packing and other uh, jobs. Governor Parson went there to take videos of himself at the border and publish those videos. That was the, that was the reason for that trip. When you put a program like this together every week, you can't get to every story grabbing the headlines. What was the big local story we missed? With emergency funding for Ukraine stalled in Congress, a new charm offensive now underway. This week, the Ukrainian ambassador in Kansas City meeting with political and business leaders in an effort to shore up support for the war-torn nation. A leadership change in Wyandotte County, at least temporarily, Mayor Tyrone Garner on indefinite medical leave. 
A Kansas City police officer hospitalized after being attacked and placed in a headlock by a student at Southeast High School. Black ministers want answers from the KCPD after a black woman was wrestled to the ground by officers and called an animal. Police were called after a dispute with a bartender in the Power and Light District. Is the easy cash finally running out in Kansas? Revenues are down for the third straight month, prompting calls to hit the pause button on tax cuts. That didn't last long. The Washington commanders fire Eric Bieniemy less than a year after he left the Chiefs. Mizzou salivating over a $62 million anonymous gift, the largest in the athletic program's history. And we know Kansas City is rocking the sports world. Now we're rocking the music scene. Kansas City recording the highest TV ratings in the country for Sunday's Grammy Awards. All right, Dana Wright, did you pick one of those stories or something completely different? I picked something completely different, although shout out to Taylor. We love her. We love that she's part of the Kansas City community, and I could not be more excited to uh, maybe see her just for a little bit uh, coming up this weekend. At time of taping, the Independence Avenue Bridge um, hasn't been struck again, but the curtain that they spent thousands of dollars to put up to prevent truckers from crashing into the bridge uh, was destroyed this morning, Nick. And that is money taxpayers are not going to get back. We are going to talk about that with the mayor on our program today. Kevin. Harrisonville police investigating uh, four overdoses of fentanyl in just five days. And everyone said, uh, I don't recall doing fentanyl. I just smoked marijuana. So uh, it's something to look at in some of our communities in Missouri. Scott. Uh, I would have taken Dana's, but uh, she went first. So I'm going to go, <laughs> go with uh, the Taylor Swift and the Grammys uh, viewing in Kansas City because for all the all the times that you hear people say oh, I'm so sick of Taylor Swift I don't want to hear about the Swifties anymore uh, the fact that Kansas City was the number one market for the Grammys tells me that this town loves her yep. cares about her and wants her to win Dave Eric Adler my buddy at the star has an amazing story this week about Jason Kander's involvement in the evacuation of more than 300 Afghans uh, after the Taliban took uh, over that country a couple of years ago, he was central to saving, as I say, more than 300 Afghans from falling into the hands of the Taliban. I recommend everybody read it. All right, and on that we will say our week has been reviewed, courtesy of 41 News anchor Kevin Holmes and former Star Newsman Dave Helling, and two to six weekdays on 98.1 FM KMBZ. She is Dana Wright, and he is Scott Parks, making history again on this program. And I'm Nick Haynes. From all of us here at Kansas City PBS, be well, keep calm, and carry on.